Did I interest you in a stamp? Yeah, give me a stamp. Oh. No, give me a purple one. Oh, I'm sorry we haven't any purple ones. I could uh, paint one for you. I don't want a painted one. person hasn't got any rights in this country anymore. The government even tells you what color stamps you gotta buy. Call you trap from now on. Oh, there trap. Yeah, call Von Trap. <laughs> Cash Von Trap. <laughs> Live from a person who has never seen the sound of music, this is the award-winning stamp show here today. If you can dream it, we can collect it. This is episode number 355, brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a nonprofit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. This is Cash. This is Mark. This is Albert. This is Becca. This is Don. And uh, we got a letter from a listener. Big shout out to our only listener. <laughs> I hope we have more than one. Shout out to per- shout out to part. Shout out to pretty. God damn it. For you Hooked on phonics works for you, right? <laughs> Patricia, Patricia. Shout out to Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> this Shout is the episode where we're all stoned, right? I have no clue why I can't <laughs> say Patricia. It sounds like we are. Shout out to Patricia H. who sent us a letter. Uh, I have a copy of this book. If you have use for it, I would be happy to send it to you. This is the Yucatan Affair, um, and we'll speak about that in just a moment. This is a great book, and yes, we can use it. And she sent it in an envelope with the Japanese-American stamp on it, so I know she's a listener, and she's taunting me. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, for anybody who doesn't recall, the... uh, the stamp, in my opinion, is a fail because they never mentioned the 142nd, uh, which is the unit that they're supposed to be. Try 442nd. Sorry, 442nd. Well, oh, I, that's the thing. The 142nd also had the go for broke. It was a uh, unit. It was a carpool unit, manned exclusively by transgender women. <laughs> And they had go for broke. So uh, they, this may not be a Japanese fellow. This may be a chan- transgender woman. Because they so destroyed any detail on this stamp. But anyway, the Yucatan Affair. Uh, Albert, why don't you tell people what the Yucatan Affair is? Well, the book is published by the American Philatelic Society. It was published in, in about 1966 or 67. 
Um, there was a famous there was a famous forger uh, named Raoul de Thuin, T H U I N, who was making counterfeits, including very good counterfeits of Canal Zone stamps, among other stamps. And uh, and so they went in and basically the, the APS went in and uh, negotiated with him and uh, they bought all his fake stuff and then they put out his put out a book to uh, describe to basically describe all the fake the fake stuff they basically made images of everything in the book and what did what did he fake because uh, and he was this in, is why it's he valuable was, he was in well the reason it was called the Yucatan affair is he was based in the the Mexican town of Merida. Merida, and uh, which is in Yucatan, and so uh, um, among the stamps that he made, he faked, he faked, he uh, he faked the key canals on eight cent uh, overprinted stamp canals Scott number fifteen, which catalogs a couple thousand dollars. He fa he made fakes even of uh, on blocks of four, and then uh, there's a number of things that are marked on the back um, collection, Doctor Leroy. And a couple other things like that, but he faked he faked anything that you could fake with a with lithography. He faked. I believe uh, the most prolific things that he faked were uh, locals, if I remember correctly. No, he faked a lot of Mexican stamps. Mm. There's a lot. There's a lot of the early Mexican stamps which were originally produced with lithography that he faked. So it made it much harder to tell. And he made fake cancel. He made very good fake cancellations. Yep. Yeah, he was a uh, prolific fellow. I think uh, one of the reasons why Mexican stamps, the first issue Mexico, is as counterfeited as it is is because of this chap. And, uh, you know, he, he did it to deceive stamp collectors. He, it wasn't like he was printing them to use on regular mail. This was to rip off people. And uh, you got to compliment the APS because it really did bring to light all his stuff and how to tell it so that people wouldn't get ripped off by it. And uh, did he do this uh, before his passing? Or, well, I mean, yeah, he was a lot. He was, they negotiated with him to buy everything from him. And, uh, well, no, I, I know it was before he died, but did he do it in... There are several collectors who did things in contemplation of their passing where they were able to kind of put a rose on an otherwise uh, pile of dog poop? No, I think he did it just because he, he, he got a big, he got a good enough offer from the APS to buy the stuff. Oh, really? And, and also, and also there was, and also, well, he was being publicized, well publicized as a faker. Oh, that I didn't know. So he was caught and beforehand. He, well, <laughs> The, the executive director at that time was Jim De, was Jim DeVos, who was uh, who was a big collector of Canal Zone. He was a retired lieutenant colonel or colonel in the army, and um, so he was one of the people that came up with the idea of doing this. It's the, it's the same idea with the BPA buying Sparati out back in the fifties. Is, is well, remove. that's why I was comparing it because it's, Sparati. It's, is. It's, it's the same idea of taking all the bad stuff out out of there and publicizing what makes the stuff bad. Yep. No, it was it was a it was a noble thing, and I, I still have the original American Philatelist that announced this from the '60s. I got I bought it in a in a at a uh, 
at Westpex from the from the library. I bought it, the co the original announcement copy just to say that I had it in my library. Just curious, did it say how much they paid him? Yeah, but I don't remember exactly what it was. Was it like a lot, or was it just like here? Here's uh... no. It was. It was. It was not. It was not peanuts. It was something. No. Oh. Very interesting. Well, speaking about finding peanuts in a stamp collection, uh, we were talking two weeks ago or three weeks ago about the global collection that me and Mark saw that I ended up buying and how there were things in it that even after we looked at the collection, we didn't know, I didn't know was there. And uh, what I found was, you know, there were dollar value Colombians, which were not where the dollar value Colombians should have been. Well, Jim F. was uh, telling us a story about another global collection and the last volume. Well, Mark, why don't you go ahead and tell him? Well, he was, he was saying on the last few pages of the last volume, the collector had put in stamps that didn't fit anywhere else in the album. Because in the global album, apparently, you, they put illustrations of the stamps that a collector could, you know, essentially afford, um, but not necessarily very rare stamps. So this collector, not finding a space in the, in the front part of the album, put all these rare stamps in the back. And so the, the back few pages of this, uh, of this entire global collection was worth more than the entire set of albums. Wow. Um, that that the guy had, and nobody knew it was there. I right. mean, if if they would have known it was there, the collection would have sold for much more than it actually sold for. Right. So another warning to people that you know, in your passing, you probably don't care because you'll be dead. But it kind of is a thing where you might want to put a sticky note up saying, uh, "Hey, valuable stuff here. Don't let this go." Right. And as a matter of fact, we were talking. One of the customers here at PSE was concerned about that exact same thing. And I said, yeah, you need to note stuff. You need to put, you know, certificates and, you know, things like that. Because otherwise, I have seen many, 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 many times where a stamp collection will go to some stamp dealer. And the dealer will offer them 3000 bucks, And it turns out to be a $100,000 collection. And the reason he offers them $3,000 because he doesn't know what's in it. Right. I mean, it's not necessarily that he's trying to rip the person off. It's just that, you know, you're looking at a collection. You don't know what's faulty, what's not faulty. So you give them a bottom dollar number. And, uh, you know, me and Albert were talking about this a while ago, the exact same thing. What was the uh, collection that I forget the collection you were telling me about? I'm not sure which collection we were talking about at the time. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, it's, it's a relatively commonplace thing to have happen. Um, it's just like we were having a couple of years ago. I was at Garfield Perry. We were talking about a particular collector. We hadn't. We collector's been dead now for three years, and they've never. Nobody's ever seen this guy's collection come up. And we were talking about the wife probably threw it away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if your if your collection is you know maybe not world class but you've got a few nice things and you want to make sure that your family knows there's some nice things you know you don't necessarily have to spend a lot of time you know doing an inventory what you can do is just take us a a, a post-it note 
put it on the page that um, that the valuable stamp is on, and then maybe on the post-it note write you know a dollar sign or maybe two dollar signs or three dollar signs, you know, like they do at the restaurants to indicate you know this is something to to you know to pay attention to when you know when I'm gone, you know, then uh, your wife or your kids or something like that can say. Okay, you know, here's my dad's collection, and uh, and you know, on this page, you put the sticky note. Yeah. And a uh, and a dealer will be able to immediately say, okay, yeah, yeah, I see why you did that. <laughs> so at the we just had the Las Vegas stamp show, and uh, very very good show. If you have a chance to come to it in Las Vegas, uh, come on down. Uh, next one's going to be October seventh and eighth. And anyway, in uh, at the show, they had, and I am holding in my hand, it is a small size envelope. And on the front of the envelope is printed postage stamp repair kit. This, uh, this outfit, they call it outfit. This outfit contains illustrated discussions and directions for canceling ink, patching material, uh, curved straight letter cancels, sharp point for making perforations, which, by the way, wasn't in here, and that's one of the reasons why I bought it. Uh, stamp reading for back of specimens and packet damaged specimens, which wasn't in here either. And a harmless eraser, which also wasn't in here. I, I'm missing some stuff out of here. <laughs> so... Uh, it, it was. It's an interesting little package. Uh, inside of it, it had letters on typeset blocks where you would put together, like guess like M A R for March, and then underneath it have the letter number three, and it had a little curve on it, so you could try to make a cancel. And then they had like the carbon paper, blue carbon paper, which. I don't know. When do you think this was made? Before the war. Before yeah. World War II. Yeah. Well, before war, that you mean the invasion of the Ukraine? I said before World War II. <laughs> before World War II. Anyway, yeah. So it's a it's an old pack of things, but uh, it was interesting. And let's go over some of these repair items. And uh, let's see if we can inform some people of how to protect themselves from them. Now, you, this is a repair kit? Is yeah. They're saying, yeah, but yeah, it, it seems like some... a bicycle repair kit. Yeah, pass it down yeah. and show her. Yeah, because, I mean, this is this sounds almost like a, you know, you could um, be a forgery kit. Yeah, well, that I kind of thought that's kind of what it was. And so... I don't want to, I didn't buy it to, you know, forge stamps, but I'm always interested because, you know, I'm here at PSE of how, how to detect fake stuff. And this is obviously old. Mm -hmm. And it's also got nothing in it that you would use today because there's so much easier stuff to use today. Mm -hmm. um, but I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I mean, it has counselors. The sharp point for making perforations. You know, this is not repairing. This is altering. Yeah, this is flat out faking. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely. You, you don't repair something by adding a cancel to mm -hmm. it. <laughs> it's kind of like what was uh, the during prohibition the um, 
the grape stuff that you could get in. Oh, <laughs> but, you know, but you can't make wine out of it, but... <laughs> yeah, make it, sure This you, is kind of what it reminds me of. <laughs> make sure you do not put this in two gallons of water and let it sit to ferment. Uh-huh. Because it will make wine, and you don't want to do that. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I was just reading about that yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that's how they uh, kind of got around prohibition. They did it with Zinfandel grapes in California. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's uh, let's take the first one. Canceling ink. Why would you fake a cancel on a stamp? Some stamps are worth more used than unused. Like which ones? Um, Scott number 39, for instance. Oh, that's a good the, point. The 90, cent, the 90 cent 1860 issue. That's that's a stamp that's worth two or three times at least what used what it did, what it is unused because of the fact that the Civil War started and they demonetized all those earlier stamps in August of 1861. Yeah, why don't you tell them what uh, number 39 is and then give a little background on it. Uh, number 39 is a 90-cent stamp, which is blue with a portrait of uh, George Washington in a uniform coat and all that. And it was uh, primarily used to pay uh, postage going to going overseas or big packages. Um, there's only maybe six or seven covers known, and um, uh, several of them have been sold in the last couple of years for between two hundred and forty and three hundred thousand dollars, and uh, the southern post offices had inventories when they declared their independence. Well, we the the, the United States uh, post office honored all the stamps until until uh, basically they came out with a new set of stamps to replace all the inventory that was in southern hands. And that's in August of 1861, and they uh, they demonetized all the all the previous stamps, and so you occasionally get stamps where they they tried to use the older stamps, and various post offices had um, things like old stamps not recognized hand stamps or uh, um, illegal usage, or uh, um, they would they would tax it, they would hit it with a postage due marking. Yeah. So the Southern postmasters were actually very chivalric. And they, you know, when they had the U.S. postage, a vast majority of them took those stamps and put them in vaults and stuff and said, you know, this is not our money, this is not ours, we're not going to, you know, do any economic warfare with postage stamps or anything like that. So it was rather interesting because what happened was then when these post offices were liberated, quote, I'm using my finger quotes, uh, the soldiers and stuff would go to these vaults and they'd find all these old U.S. stamps. And they'd go, hey, war booty, and they'd bring them all back to uh, the northern states or wherever they came from and dump them onto the stamp market. So there's a lot of mint of these stamps that they recovered from southern post offices, and the 90 center is one of the biggies because it was a rare stamp. Still is a rare stamp. Even even mint, no gum, it's still an expensive stamp. Yeah, probably half the known used copies are defective in one way or another. Yeah. 
which is kind of to be expected based on what they were shipping because they weren't most of the time on envelopes. The envelope was usually used as a paste-on to a crate or something like that. Um, the single usage is what the ice house cover did that have a thirty nine on it or was that no the, your, an ice house the ice house cover had the ninety cent one twenty two on it one twenty two yeah no the thirty nines that you normally see are used swan on a cover with several other stamps going to the Cape of Good Hope in uh, in Africa in South Africa and there's uh, several usages going to China paying the uh, paying some portion of the forty five cent quarter ounce rate by British mails to China. So a uh, half-ounce letter would be 90 cents. Yeah. There's also a motivation to fake a cancel even on an inexpensive stamp. Take, for instance, uh, Scott, number 397, the one-cent Panama Pacific issue. Um, if you've got one that's well-centered, like a grade 95, but it has no gum, um, a, a 95 with uh, previously hinged uh, has an SMQ value of $70. So one with no gum, you'd figure probably half that by 35 Whereas if you were to try and re-gum it uh, and pass it off as never hinged, it has an SMQ value of 195 But it's kind of hard to re-gum a stamp because it, it's very easy to detect. But if you have that no gum stamp and fake a cancel and pass it off as a used stamp, a used 95 uh, has an SMQ of $125. So you turn a $35 stamp into a $125 stamp because of grading. Right. Yeah. And honestly, we see this occur. And the people are very, very upset when we send back and say fake cancel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially since it's, you know, it's really easy to fake a cancel from 1927 if you're in 1927 if you're in 2022 you can't get the ink you can't get the canceling device um you don't have the um canceling machine to run it through if you want to put like a flag cancel or a wavy line cancel or and the stuff doesn't exist so it's very difficult and sometimes they do get it right and they sneak through but it's not very common anymore it right. was in the beginning, but it, later on, it uh, there's it, it's tough now. Yeah, it's not it's not obvious that a cancel is hard to fake. Um, it's obvious that original gun is hard to fake, but uh, but a cancel less so um, for the for the novice uh, potential criminal. Yeah, <laughs> well, the potential criminal, um, the one cancel that did give. PSE and the PF some issues. It was a wavy line flag cancel and a wavy line Merry Christmas cancel. Now the hitch is that both of these cancels were used in canceling machines. So it would go through an automatic canceling machine and the canceler would whack it with a metal die and it would pass on through. Well, the ones that were faked were done with probably like a rubber stamp or something like that. It didn't really look like a metal stamp. Mm -hmm. And what the way we caught it was, and again, I am so glad that crooks are not smart. <laughs> Makes it so much easier. Some. But they had a 1919 stamp, 
and a 1945 stamp, and then a couple in between, and they all had the same canceled. <laughs> and they go, wow, that's interesting that this canceling device ran the gamut for like 60 years. <laughs> and it's like, obviously, that's not the case. There's no way that a 1919 cancel is going to be on a 1950s stamp. So I guess my math is off, but 30 Yeah, years. your math is a bit off. <laughs> but only by half, I think. A third. I, I'm not good at math. Mm-mm, me neither. So then we also had uh, Mr. Fox that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. You want to do that briefly? Well, he was a, he was a dealer who got into financial trouble of his own making and... Uh, um, because he made love to horses, uh, among other things, and he also he lost a big lawsuit uh, uh, by buying somebody's collection for about ten percent of what it was worth. And when he was sued, he lost. He lo- he the uh, the heirs won triple damages from him. Yeah, that, that to me is so stupid. That that was one that I look at and I go, "Ha, oh, that that's ridiculous." And, but he was a he was a he was a very good postal history student, but he had all the cancelers and he had the inks, you know. It's it, it, if you're really industrious, you can find all that stuff. It's still around. There are people who have old cancelers, and you know that they'll sell you or, or give you for a very nominal amount of money. There's uh, like the U.S. Cancellation Club. There 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 are old members that have stacks of the can of old cancelers, the hand cancelers. And so uh, um, there's a there's a dealer in New York that's renowned for me that we, we, we keep updating which which new cancelers he uses. <laughs> so I mean there there are some legitimately rare stamps used. Uh, take for instance uh, Scott number five nineteen, which is the two cent uh, perf eleven double line watermark stamp that exists because the U- United States Automatic Vending Company went bankrupt and their major asset was. Over a million, over a million two cent imperforate stamps. So when they were perforated, they came out just in 1917, and they were used mostly in New York, and they were mostly horribly centered. And so it's it's a legitimately much rarer stamp, with genuinely used than than unused. And so the the unused stamp is alone is like a, a five or six hundred dollar stamp, and a used copy is much 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 better. I've probably owned. Maybe ten, ten real ones to every used one I've owned. And no, and I've and I've searched for used ones for years. Well, that's the same thing with Zeps. I mean, they don't fake cancels on Zeps, at least not that I've seen. But Zeppelins are much scarcer used than mint by a lot. And you look in an auction catalog, and you know they'll have five mint sets and one used set or zero used sets. So, yeah, but the 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 highly the the, the high grade use ups bring like ninety ninety five J on up to one hundred J bring real serious money. Oh, all the presti- like I have been speaking for a while. All the prestige stamps that have you know well they're multi hundred dollar, but U S number one, U S number two. And then every single dollar value, including the Zeppelin 65 center, I consider these all prestige stamps. And they are all incredibly strong in the market right now, incredibly. 
Uh, in high grades, they're just like more so. But even not in high grades, they're what people are putting their money in right now. I mean, I wasn't going to talk about this, but producer price index is at 11%. That means that over time, consumer index, we will be facing 11% inflation unless companies say, ah, you know something, we're just going to eat the losses. We're going to lose money because the stock price doesn't matter to us and certainly the investors don't care if they lose money. Well, obviously that's not the case. So if we have 11% producer inflation, we're going to have 11% consumer inflation. And people are putting their money into things that they enjoy that will hold value. And it certainly isn't Bitcoin right now. For those of you who don't know, uh, Bitcoin and I'm also going to, I'm going to write about this in uh, the next Keller, but the NFT market, you know, we talked about the Swiss souvenir sheet that was $7,700. And today it's $2,100. Hmm. I mean, if you bought that as an investment, there's only 50 of them. But there's only, it looks like there's only about 20 people who care. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. wow. So the value has gone from $7,700 which to $2,200, which, by the way, still makes it the most valuable souvenir sheet ever issued. <laughs> and it's not a postage stamp. But, yeah, so um, I think that the money is flowing where the money is flowing to, and I think that that's like what you just said. That's a function of the market we're in. Now in that stamp fakery kit, I don't think you, I don't think uh, the car, using carbon paper is a particularly good way to fake a cancel. Oh, I think it's a terrible, absolutely terrible way. I, I, I looked at it and said, this is a joke. <laughs> I mean, carbon paper, or seriously, and it really is. They give, they have a little like one and a half inch by one and a half inch piece of carbon paper, which, you know, after. 50 years in this envelope I doubt has any carbon left to it but well you can you can make your fake fancy cancels on that yeah really you can make your fake waterbury chickens on that <laughs> which is something that's being sold very very soon yep oh, they had some chicken they had some fake waterburys come out no, it's the, the the running chicken cover, the running turkey cover is being sold uh, oh. this week in, in Harmers. Ah, that's going to be an expensive item. Well, it's been an expensive item before, so it yeah. should bring real money. Why don't you tell people about Waterbury Cancels? Um, I forget the name of the postmaster now, but there was a famous postmaster in Waterbury, Connecticut, that was very good at carving devices um, and one thing he carved was what's called a running chicken cover, running chicken cancel. But because of the, the date being around Thanksgiving, a lot of people have called it the running turkey cancel. But he's made, um, he made, he's, there's, there's very fancy cancellations of hearts, of uh, baseball and baseball bat and uh, baseball bat, uh, glove and balls. There's uh, all kinds of uh, human figures that he made. Um, but it's, they're they're being heavily chased by four or five really enthusiastic um, fancy cancel collectors, 
um, who have brought, brought fancy cancels, cancellation prices to all-time highs. Well, I remember the most valuable one was the Fireman cover. And it was a picture of a guy, uh, uh, the head of a fellow looking left. And they didn't actually, it was, they didn't know what it actually was. But the cancel was done at a time when there was this fireman's festival in this other town, not Waterbury. This other town was like 25 miles away. So they think that that's what it is. And so because it has a fireman motif and stuff like that, it went through the roof. And when I did my research on it, I was looking at it and going, ah, you know, there is just as good a chance that this is, you know, his next door neighbor, Charlie, than this is a fireman. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, some, just some really, really interesting uh, cancels that are still on cover, a lot of them. And uh, nice stuff. Not fakes. But Especially not from this little repair kit. I think that repair kit is more something to, to uh, take you along the wrong path than anything else. I have no clue who would actually use it. Maybe it was made as a joke. I wonder. Uh, you know, nah, I, I can't, there's too much stuff in it for it to be a joke. I think that somebody like, said, here, you can fix your stamps with this. You know, Give me however much money. Because it literally has little letters and numbers on uh, movable, like movable type blocks. But there's nothing to hold the type together. It's like maybe they just got a box full of movable type from a newspaper or something like that and put it in here. It does say on the bottom an ABC product. Yeah. So somebody laid claim to it. Yeah, whoever ABC is. And I would say maybe people were just more naive and it really was meant to fix um, stamps, except for Dawn bringing up the fact of the wine bricks and people <laughs> weren't that naive. No. <laughs> I mean, well, why would you want to put a cancel on it? I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. Hmm. I mean, that right there screams fraud. Yeah. Like I said, I, I was really curious when I saw it because it said, you know, the little hole punch for cleaning perforations and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I go, oh, where is that? And it's not in there. So it may be an incomplete repair kit. And actually, if we saw the entire thing, we'd be awestruck. It would, it would move us to tears. It would be so fantastic. <laughs> they could show you the whole kit and they'd have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anything else coming up? APS show coming up in August. We're all going to be there, right? Yep. No, we're not. Yep. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> no, no, no. Becca, you're not going. You said you're not going. I'm thinking about it. I haven't decided for sure. Okay. Sean, my son, will be uh, at the awards ceremony because he will be uh, a youth exhibitor who got a grand award at West. Well, you, no, not Westpex. Where do you, where do you get his grand award? Arapex. 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 Yeah. So he qualifies for APS big thing. So he's he's going to be a bigger stamp collector than me. They're going to have a do they have a youth champion champions there? Yeah, I think so. Ooh. I mean, it'll be tough because you know he's 16, 
and youth goes all the way up to, I think, 22 now or something like that. So, you know, he has a grand sum total of like 50 bucks to spend on stamps. Well, he's got to find some more railroad perfins, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, by the way, what he is uh, exhibiting is railroad perfins on cover. So they got to be on cover, too. And uh, if you're at the APS show, stop by and take a look at his exhibit. He got a really big, huge red ribbon with a big, giant, what do they call the circle part? Cockerel? Cockade. Cockade. Big, giant cockade on it. Uh, We'll see what happens. So uh, keep collecting. That speaks to the proud father. Oh, I'm very proud of him. We need your help. Nothing on the internet is free, including our phone and internet connections. So you can support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS member number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our brand new spanking address is 5965 Harrison Drive, Suite 6 in Las Vegas, Nevada, 89120. You left out the word glorious. Fabulous. <laughs> because you don't put that on the letter. Oh. Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could, yeah. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. But now the time has come to go. If this silkon was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! (laughs) Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.